Good morning, everybody, and welcome back to episode 35 of Empty Betters. I'm your host, Harrison Schultz, and I'm going to toss it over here to my co-host across the screen, the tan man himself, the beach bum, Nick Manella. What's going on? I put the bum in beach bum but, uh, for sure this weekend, but uh, you know, it's good to finally get back to civilization. Um, got completely toasted um, by the sun um, uh, Sure. one day. And, uh, you know, fortunately, with uh, the skin I've been blessed with, it only takes about a couple hours for that to turn into uh, just some nice tan, golden brown skin. So, How um, long did that bender go for? It felt like you are at the beach for two weeks. I was. I was literally at the beach for like 14 non-consecutive days with like a three-day <laughs> gap in between. So. Oh, so you actually were there that long. Okay. Yeah. Where's my invite? When am I coming? I told you we'll get you down there. Yeah, okay. I'll believe yeah. it when I see it. All right. Um, <laughs> So as you're living your best life post-grad, I'm literally just fucking withering away in quarantine. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, nothing. Can I just say, like, I was at, um, I was at my girlfriend's place in uh, downtown Baltimore over the weekend. And as opposed to opening up bars and just letting people, like, inside and drink, now you have people extending an outdoor block party over basically crosswalks blocking cars and nearly getting killed yep. just kind of seems a little counterproductive in my opinion but that kind of seems to be the trend lately yeah the um a bunch of the restaurants up in uh ocean city or up in fenwick were just putting tables in the parking lot yeah oh yeah, yeah. i bet they put them in the water too or some shit yeah of course secret style exactly uh, yeah, so, you know, we're just kind of surviving, waiting for sports to come back. We got a lot of news uh, around the league that we're going to catch you guys up on since we last spoke two weeks ago. Uh, but before we go into all of our season recaps and league news, um, we actually have a big announcement. So we had someone reach out to us about helping us and, uh, you know, kind of being like an outside third-party producer, per se. So I'm going to let him introduce himself right here. What's going on, everybody? Uh, my name is Mac Vogel. I actually played some high school hockey with Harrison back in the glory days at Calvert Hall. Um, definitely excited to be a part of the uh, podcast. I'm looking forward to talking some hockey with everybody and um, definitely staying behind the scenes to keep everything looking clean for all the listeners, too. So uh, happy to be here. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. And uh, yeah, Max's resume speaks for itself much more technically advanced than either Nick or I, even though we are now somewhat certified sound technicians. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's like sound background is like NASA going to the moon. Harrison and I is like two idiots sitting, like beating pots and pans together. So. <laughs> Pretty much with a wooden spoon. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we're excited to have Mac on board. We think it'll It'll help our, uh, you know, social media game, clarity, quality, all that good stuff. So happy to have him and welcome on board, Mac. Thank so, you. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. So let's dive in to the news, Nick. I'm going to let you kind of drive the bus here to start. 
So we actually kind of have a lot to talk about between the news and recapping the regular season today. But um, I think one of the things that broke most recently was that uh, Elliot Friedman let it slip that Vegas is going to be one of the two host cities if and when the NHL returns to play. Um, What are your thoughts on that? Uh, So I definitely saw this coming. And um, I don't know why. I just felt like they had always kind of pushed that, especially if you were looking at NHL discussion. It would always say, like, Las Vegas, Vancouver, and then et cetera. They were always, like, the first two that were mentioned. Um, Doesn't really come as a surprise to me. And given that I've been to the facility, uh, nice humble brag, uh, it's stellar. Like, top-notch, great arena. Um, And, you know, I think they've had pretty low amount of cases of COVID so far through all of this. So um, I'm a little less interested about this and a little more interested about, will the second hub city have to be on the East coast is what a lot of people are asking. Yes. So I agree. I mean, I think for, from a travel standpoint. Yeah. And also from a time zone standpoint, you know, the TV times, how they're all going to match up. um, I don't, really have a gut feeling of what city it would be i know pittsburgh's one of them i know you don't want to hear that um oh i swear to god i will riot if that happens (laughs) (laughs) yeah i'm sure um so i just i don't know i I, i'm kind of more interested in what that second city could be because i think they are kind of going to have to eliminate you know making it a second west coast team and let me just preface this statement by this podcast is going to go to shit if it's two west coast cities because i'm narcoleptic past 10 p.m so doesn't really work out too well. It's going to be like, what did you think of that game last night? And we're both going to be like, uh, we were asleep by 10, 1030. I'm shooting, I'm shooting Z's, dude. No chance I'm staying up. Um, you guys will come in with like intense analytical perspective on the first period only. And then <laughs> be like, yeah, the second and third were, were kind of slow. I don't, I don't remember much. Yeah, basically. So. Like, remember how the game ended. It'll be like, oh, that's news to me. Yeah, I'll throw up my RAM sleep cycle on my Apple Watch or some shit, and that'll be the third period recap. Um, so, yeah, you know, exciting news to see that Vegas is uh, going to be one of the two host cities, and we'll, we'll keep you updated on what the second one will be going forward. Um, and then in other news, the Buffalo Sabres have officially fired general manager Jason Bortelli um, after nine seasons. The Sabres That's have missed nine last- seasons. <laughs> What'd you say? That's not his last name. <laughs> Butter, oh shit! All the Italians are gonna grill me. Butter, butterill. Bort, did I say Bortelli? Yes. <laughs> I'm so cursed. I see two L's in an I, and I go Lee. It makes sense. Thank you for calling me out on that. I, it also doesn't help that I have you know no prescription glasses on looking at this oh, fucking screen. Yeah. Okay. Um. So yeah, butterill. Yeah. Butterill. Jason Butterill. I got that. Um, Sabres have missed the playoffs for the last nine seasons, which is currently the longest active playoff drought in the league. And they are one year away from tying the record for longest of all time, a whole decade. Um, fun little fact here that we found out through our good friends at NBC. Um, what could have been for the Sabres, according to NHL and NBC research, uh, Buffalo had to beat Montreal in regulation on March 12th, the day before the NHL pause. Had they won that game, they would have jumped the Canadians in points percentage and would actually be the team who would be set to play the Pittsburgh Penguins in the first round of the playoff. Wow. That is uh, 
the most Buffalo sports thing to happen ever. And pinnacle, pinnacle Sabres move. Um, yes. So how I interpret this is this is kind of last-ditch panic mode effort to kind of keep Jack Eichel somewhat interested in staying. I think you, that's like we talked about it when you uh, read his comment last week or, or last time we recorded. It, you know, his comment was not saying I want to leave so much as saying, like, you guys can't expect me to get you to the playoffs when you're giving me trash to work with. Yeah. Um, so this is the response to that. Yeah. I mean, I definitely think his quote has something to do with it. And I think he used the term frustrated like twice in that quote. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I kind of think we all saw this coming. Um, there's rumors that, you know, Botterill will come back actually to the Penguins organization who he worked in the front office for before this. Um, they actually recommended him it for the job, and obviously things kind of just went south. But if you ask me, that's more of the Buffalo curse than anything. Yeah, oh, for sure. So, um, you know, danger up in Buffalo, and we'll see what happens, you know, going forward in the next year. Um, and as if we haven't talked about Vegas enough, Vegas signed Ryan Reeves to a two-year, $3.5 million contract extension. Uh, Nick, I'm sure you're thrilled about this. Um, I mean, it doesn't really bother me considering he doesn't have a ring, so. <laughs> nice. Kind yeah. of expected that. Yeah. So, I mean, Revo's, you know, love him or hate him. He's good for the game and he's good for the night. So, um, yeah, it's a it's a good deal for him. It's a good deal for them. Um, you know, or, you know, that's a lot of money for all 15 of the points he had this season, but uh, <laughs> he brings a lot to the lineup. I'll give him credit. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, moving on projected first overall pick Alexis Lafreniere. I can say that, but not Botterell uh, nice. has been rumored to head to Europe at the start of next season while the NHL regular season is going to be delayed. Allegedly. Allegedly. So I think if you're a Red Wings fan, you're going, oh, God, you know, just don't get hurt. Just like go over there and like get yourself NHL ready. I think that's a great idea. And I think mm -hmm. basically top prospects one through 30 are going to go do that. Probably. Um, I, I'm just curious to see if the season like so let's say, you know, before this whole playoff, like I know and we'll get into this a little later, but they announced that the training camps officially start on July 10. Let's right. say that there's like a COVID spike or something. I mean, and they have to cancel the playoff. Does that mean next season would still be delayed? I don't really know like, how think, that would work at this point. I think if the um, like if we have a second spike, I think it's just going to push the regular season in a way more than if they played through the playoffs and everything and did the cup, and then we're just sort of able to roll into next season. And um, I think most of those leagues over there, like the Finnish Elite League and the Swedish League, they sort of just canceled right away. So I think they're kind of set to pick up in like September, October, when then they like when they would normally start, anyways. Yeah, it's a fair point. Um, yeah, it's just really weird. I mean, I feel like I've speculated on this like a bajillion times. I went back and listened to our, some of our older episodes. I actually, it was actually really funny. I listened to the episode. Uh, Right when the, the pause happened and you and me were like, oh, in a month, well, you know, it'll be fine. And we'll be right back. To, and, you know, here we are on June Great. 16th. The cup would have been lifted six days ago probably by now. So that's kind of how that one went. So I'm not even going to try to act like I know what's going to happen in October. Um, and, Nick, I'll, I'll kind of let you 
talk about the whole uh, Batman announcements, considering you were kind of in the know on that. So Batman basically followed up his statements made a couple weeks ago by saying that the NHL is going to have very strict virus protocol if and when they go back into playing. Um, recently, uh, on June 8th, teams were allowed to begin involuntary, uh, you know, limited small group workouts at their facilities. Um, and then provided that safety conditions allow the NHL and the NHLPA to come to an agreement to resume play, they're going to open training camps on July 10th now. So that changes from their previous statement, which said, which said it, the earliest it could be was July 1st. Yeah. Uh, so basically, Bettman's idea is to create a bubble within these sort of cities that, um, you know, he, they're going to keep the teams pretty sequestered uh, and just sort of monitor them, daily testing, uh, you know, and that's not just for players, that's for staff members and event staff as well. So, uh, you know, this is going to be interesting how this goes. I think once camp starts, we're going to have a somewhat clear picture of what can happen. But in my opinion, putting six guys on the ice together doesn't show me much. Sequestered? Yeah. What's that mean? Isolate. <laughs> oh, okay. Gotcha. So not like like so not really like hiatus, but kind of like that. Yeah, 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 sure. Okay, yeah, we'll, we'll go with that. That was a good use of the word. I, I honestly kind of dozed off after that. I was trying to figure out how it's spelled. Thanks. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I agree with what you said. Even though I was partially trying to figure out my vocabulary limits, um, is it just me or is every Russian training in Florida? Yeah, I would. Did you see Ovi? Uh, Ovi's with Gusev and uh, e what's the goalie's name for the Rangers? Igor, what? I can't remember off the top of my head. Yeah, they're all down there. Malkin was down there too, but he's back up. But they feel like every Russian's, it's like a Russian training camp, like in South Beach or something. Oh my God. Could you imagine if the clubs and bars were open? Well, it's Florida, <laughs> so they probably are, but. Uh. <laughs> yeah. Um, so my whole take on this is yeah, it's great that the league is coming back. Um, you know, it's it's a great opportunity for, I think, the sports world to get some exposure to the NHL is probably the most important thing because as of right now, the MLB is in absolute shambles and Gary Bettman looks like an absolute god. And it, I don't really know what to make of what's going to happen with the NBA. I think it's a little torn um, on how they want to handle that. But the NHL, I mean, kudos to them. They're They're doing everything you know, I would say to take things in the right direction as far as trying to get back into playing. Um, imagine a world where the NHL is the only sport on television. I think that's, I mean, that's. That's great. I mean, I, I love pretty much all sports, but it, it would be nice to see them get some recognition and be at the forefront, um, which I think segues us perfectly into our next bullet point. Uh, where we had some comments made by Max Kellerman about how he thinks that the NHL is pretty much the opposite of that. Uh, so Max Kellerman, on first take with Stephen A. Smith, for those that don't know, said the other day, I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings, but in the United States of America, no one cares about hockey. The old joke is that in every town, there's 20,000 hockey fans, and they all have season tickets. So the arena are always sold out, but the TV ratings don't do anything. It's not one of the four major team sports. Really? 
Yeah. I forgot we were on radio, so my look really couldn't do much. But yeah, um, I have a lot of comments, but I'll try to keep it short and sweet. This is a absolutely moronic take. Um, if you want to argue, so all right, first off, let's break this quote down. It's not one of the four major sports. If it's not the fourth major sport, then what is? In all seriousness, his his argument was college football. Okay, which it's so regional. I don't know how you can say that that's a the fourth major sport. Well, yeah, I mean, look, I understand college football would in would blow hockey out of the water, but if we're talking team sports, I feel like you would consolidate football into NFL and college football, right? Or am I wrong there? I would agree so, because, I mean, let's, you know... He said sports, not leagues. Right. Example number one, Alabama football. That's essentially a professional span, like sports for, like, franchise down there. Yeah. Like, even if they had an NFL team, it wouldn't even come close. Right. So. But then you've got, like, University of Maine. You think their, their football team's selling out? It's basically the Panthers. Like, exactly. You know, what, what do you really expect? Right. So I just think this is a complete, you know, he just doesn't know really what he's talking about. And to be quite frank, for his sport, boxing, for those who don't know, what a great sport, for them to actually get saved, they had to convert someone over from a league who's actually outperforming them as far as TV revenues and had to bring him over to the sport. And he had to threaten Floyd Mayweather 20 times. And we all got to buy this super expensive pay-per-view fight. And then we all fell asleep at 11 o'clock because it absolutely sucked. So he can shove I was so angry I actually spent money on that fight. <laughs> yeah, I fell asleep. Surprise, surprise. The, my, like, my thing with Kellerman's comments is, you, I mean, you nailed it. He's a boxing analyst that is put on first take to say things that get Stephen A to react to them. That's right. the only reason he's there. He's there to say outlandish hot takes just for the sake of you know, so we can watch Stephen A like flip out over it. And, and, you know, and then make memes. <laughs> And then make memes. And to be honest, it's produced some very entertaining content. However, I, I take it with a grain of salt. And I just think this is a typical you know, comment of someone who's on a talk show at ESPN and doesn't know a damn thing about hockey or really what they're talking about. And this is not good for ESPN because they've actually been making some great strides into expand their hockey coverage, aside from just having Barry Melrose make barely you know, coherent comment. Um, you know, they've the ESPN plus has shown a lot of out of market hockey games. That's pretty much the reason I pay for it. Uh, and there's been rumors that ESPN's actually negotiating with the NHL, the NHL to get the coverage back on ESPN yeah. markets, which I think is great because that takes me back to the Gary Thorne days. And I think that was some of the best televised hockey ever. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and <sighs> I don't know. I don't know. I just think that this is a really dumb take from someone who really doesn't truly understand what they're saying. And it's going to be really fun to see when they are forced to talk about hockey, when it's the only sport that's on for, you know, a minimum of two weeks to a maximum of three months, which would be amazing. And just to throw a little stat out there from our boy, Craig Wyshynski, who we quote quite frequently on this show, member of ESPN hockey writer. Um, in 1990, there were 195,000 players who were part of USA Hockey. 
Out of after a record-setting 2018-2019 season, that number reached 507,000. That is an increase of more than 190%, and that does not take into account high school players who only play for their high school league. That's only counting local programs. So that number could be, you know, give or take 50,000, 100,000 players higher. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, you know, if you're going to say that people don't care about it, I mean, you know, I'm Harrison, I'm sure you remember, and Mac, you can attest to this. I mean, how many people were at the Caps Cup parade? How many people were in the streets outside, you know, during not just game five, but like, you know, pretty much all of them. So, um, you know, I'd encourage him to go look at those pictures. Yeah, seriously. And you can shove them up his ass too. Uh, so, <laughs> so Nick, I think that kind of concludes it um for our you know kind of around the league updates so i'll let you drive the bus here on the regular season recap so with the uh, as we mentioned last episode the regular season is over you know finito done whatever you want to call it uh so automatically there's some awards to give out uh the first and foremost i think we should talk about is the rocket richard or are we possibly going to have an award name change here because Ovi, while he did tie with Pasternak for it, that's his ninth time winning the award. Doesn't count if you tie, you're not winning unless you're first. I'm, I'm sorry, didn't Crosby tie with Stamkos? Shut, shut up, shut up, shut up. It only works when I say it, not when you say it. <laughs> There's Penguin's logic for you. Yeah. Um, anyways, uh, so that's, I mean, you know, that's just an ungodly number. Uh, the Art Ross goes to Leon Dreisaitl, who I think is the clear-cut heart favorite at this point. Um, Pasternak you know, actually came out today and said, like, there's nobody else who deserves it other than him. Exactly. Uh, he had a phenomenal season, uh, and, you know, everyone was saying that was his coming-out party, and, you know, he's kind of been in McDavid's shadow for a while, but um, yeah, well-deserved for him. And, uh, you know, just since uh, most of you who started listening were in this for the gambling aspect of the show, um, Dreisaitl, as of August 7th, 2019, according to oddshark.com, was plus 2,800 at the start of the season to win the Art Ross. Some players who were ahead of him, uh, McDavid, Kucherov, McKinnon, Crosby, Kane, Barkov, Matthews, Tavares. And then the guys who were just below him were Stamkos, Malkin, Marshawn, Gaudreau, and Rantanen. Wow. Um, so pretty good value pick there. At plus 2,800, middle of the pack. I kind of like that. Yeah, for sure. I would have said that I definitely would have thought that he would have more points than Matthews or Barkov. Um, yeah. Just because I feel like Barkov's got that two-way game. You know, he scores a lot of points. I know he had a stellar season with like 96 points. What was it, last season? Yep. Um, and then Matthews, obviously. I just think he – I feel like he doesn't get that many assists or as many as people think he does. He scores a lot of goals, obviously. He's not as consistent, and I think that's just – that's not just him. That's the Leafs as a whole are not as consistent uh, yeah. as people would think. So good for him, and whoever picked him, great value pick. I know that definitely probably was not on my radar, but uh, solid pick nonetheless. For uh, sure. Nick, I'll uh, let you continue. The President's Trophy, obviously the Boston Bruins. They had 100 points as a team. Uh, and then because of that, pretty much, 
Uh, the Jennings Trophy is going to go to Rask and Halak, who allowed only 2.39 goals per game, which was the lowest league-wide. Nice. Yeah. And so, then, in, yeah. in terms of division winners, um, you know, we put some serious time and effort coming up with our predictions at the beginning of the year for who was going to win each division. Um, in the East, uh, the Bruins won the Atlantic. Both of us had picked Tampa Bay to sort of pick up where they, you know, dropped the ball last year and come back uh, guns a-blazing. But, um, no, Boston pretty much had them on the ropes all year. So um, kudos to the Bruins. Uh, in the Metro, the Caps were leading when the season was paused. Uh, and both of us had picked them going into the year. Um, and Harrison, you actually called who came in second place in this division, and I don't think you get enough credit for that. Uh, I knew I knew Philly was doing something this year. I just think that roster was a little too young and loaded. Um, some names that kind of fly under the radar that a lot of people don't talk about. I think we blow Kinkney more than anybody else, so let's just kind of get that name out of the way. We all knew Carter Hart was going to keep coming into his own like he had done the season before. He did exactly that, and then you add in. Uh, you know, Provorov, Gostasperi, even though he had his struggles throughout the year, but nonetheless still a good offensive talent. And then all For the names up front. So This team, like, had a lot of adversity to overcome this season, too, with Oscar Lindblom being sick and Nolan Patrick not being able to play because of headaches. So, I mean, you know, I don't like them, but I guess right. could you, you know. Just want to give us a little more props um, I actually called the top three perfectly in the Metro, so kudos to me. Um, yeah. And then in the Atlantic, I mean, this was kind of an easy cakewalk, but we predicted the uh, top four correctly. I think we us, both of us had, not in the same order, um, but Tampa, Boston, Toronto, and Florida. So yep. we all kind of knew that was coming. Exactly. So. Uh, going across country to the West in the Pacific, we said this from the beginning of the year that that was Vegas's division to lose, and lo and behold, we were right. So good job, both of us. Yeah. Um, in the Central, we kind of dropped the ball here, uh, and this, I mean, understandably, this is a tough division. I think this is the one that we probably struggled with making our pick with the most. Um, but St. Louis surprised us all, and you know. Turns out last year wasn't a fluke, and they ended up winning the division again this year. So uh, we both picked Dallas, and that didn't really play out very well, definitely, to start the year. But Yeah, um, for sure. Yeah. So, I mean, kudos to the Blues, and they definitely shoved that one up our hoops. Yeah, I really was pretty determined that they were going to have I, I thought I think I said they were going to be a wild card team or something along those lines I did not think they were going to come out and play like this um, I think we were all a little skeptical of what Bennington was going to do during an 82 game stretch and he pretty much proved it to us that he's not a fluke and he's not Matt Murray and he's actually here to stay um, <laughs> so we'll get into that more later this summer um, but yeah, I mean, they look, they look dangerously good and their big, you know, off season question is Petrangelo's up in his contract year. So what's going to happen there? Cause there's a lot of, a lot of speculation that teams are going to throw the absolute bank at him. So, yeah, I think he's going bye-bye. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm well, I get free agency. God knows when that'll happen. Probably Christmas by then, but, um, 
you know, we'll get into that and speculate a little more as that gets closer. But kudos to the Blues because neither of us really thought they were going to be all that good again this year, and they definitely have been. For sure. Um, so we had some takeaways uh, for the end of this season to wrap this recap up. Uh, Harrison, do you want to hit us with your biggest disappointment? Yeah, so my biggest disappointment for this regular season was easily the San Jose Sharks. Um, you know, they've always been a team that's in the playoffs. Um, I think nine of the last 10 seasons, they had been a playoff team. They went deep in the cup, made a cup run uh, in 2016 and lost to the Pens, obviously. Um, and they've always just been a team who's right there in the thick of it that you always think can make it. And then this was the first year where it really just fell off the wagon. That was uh, a hardcore implosion. Yeah, exactly. So I think the biggest subtraction that they had this year, obviously, was that they lost their captain, Joe Pavelski. Uh, they obviously lost him to Dallas. They had a lot of goaltending struggles, and Nick and I have compared Martin Jones to my dog shit on a cold winter morning multiple times, so I don't really think we need to go there again. Uh, they finished in last place in the Pacific Division, one point behind the L.A. Kings. I mean, who would have thunk that? Yikes. Um, and obviously, it was kind of an off year for Eric Carlson after signing a massive contract extension last summer, I believe it was. Yep. Um, he did not look – yeah, he didn't look his best this year, and we talked about that several times. So for me, it has to be the San Jose Sharks. I think they're the kind of organization who can bounce back from it, and they'll probably be competitive next season, depending on how many games it is, blah, blah, blah. But um, – you know, I, I definitely think they're the one team that really opened a lot of eyes for the wrong reasons this year. I completely agree. I mean, this is, in my opinion, just you nailed it. I mean, this is the biggest appointment, disappointment of the NHL this year. So um, well said on your part. And who was your biggest surprise? So my biggest surprise was definitely Edmonton. Um, I think they finally did what we all knew they were capable of doing for the last 12 years. I don't know. Screw yeah. it. With that, like, um, surround draft picks, you would think, but... Yeah, exactly. So they finally actually maintained some level of consistency for a full season, which is something that they hadn't been able to do for quite a while now. Uh, at the start of the year, James Neal was on absolute fire. Uh, so he kind of tailed off back to earth, you know, as the season progressed. But through the first 20 games, I'm pretty sure he was either the leading goal scorer or top five in the entire NHL. And he was yep. clicking on that power play, which was something they desperately needed. Dreisaitl absolutely just blew the roof off this season. Um, easily going to be the MVP favorite. Uh, McDavid was McDavid, as we all thought. And he actually was injured for a little stretch during the course of the year. And the Oilers proved that they could kind of you know, maintain the course even without him for a couple games. So I thought that was probably the biggest thing that stood out to me. And then, obviously, their goaltending, finally, they got a little bit of support. So, uh, Koskinen, I believe how's, how you pronounce it, right? Yep. Koskinen was a pleasant surprise this season. Uh, and Mike Smith was pretty decent all year, nothing too shabby. Um, I think they were both, like, right where they needed, like, right where they needed to be and nothing more. Yeah, I mean, Koskinen had a 2.76 GAA. Um, and for someone who I didn't even know who he was coming into this season, I would say that's... Mm pretty much getting the job done to a T uh, and Mike, you know, they split the games 39, 38, I believe it was. Yeah. Uh, so they got the game split up right down the middle. Uh, Mike Smith just shy of 20 wins with 19 on the year. So yeah, I think it was a solid goaltending tandem and 
the Oilers finally proved that they can you know, kind of maintain some consistency for once instead of going on streaks. Yeah, sure. While we're talking about the Oilers, I actually wanted to jump in for a sec. And you mentioned James Neal. This guy has been kind of a, uh, for lack of a better term, a bit of a, post, a postage stamp for a lot of his career. He's never, uh, I think the longest he spent on one team was actually with the Pens. Um, he was there for four seasons, but he still never played more than um, 200 games for, for one club. Um, so it was a bit surprising, actually, to see him fit in so well at Edmonton. I'm curious to see, um, you know, if they're interested in keeping him around. He's still only 32, and I know a lot of teams have kind of um, seemed to not not mesh well with him, the locker room and that sort of thing. But I'm definitely curious to see what uh, the future for him holds. Absolutely. Yeah. Great point. Um, so, I mean, I, you know, if you were them, would you keep him after, you know, the way he started this year? I mean, I, I, I can, I would say I definitely would. I think, uh, I think it's kind of worth the risk. He's on, he's on like a deal that's, didn't Calgary sign him to a kind of a lengthy deal and then they dished him off after one season or am I completely dreaming of that? I forget what the terms of that deal were, but. Okay. I, I, pr- I want to say he's on like a multi-year deal. If I'm messing this up, then you guys can ridicule me. But I'm pretty sure he's on a multi-year deal. And I think when he was in Calgary, a little bit overpaid, some would say, obviously, because of the lack of luck that he had there. But like Max said, I mean, he he showed glimpses of hope in the first 20 games of the year. And I think he can carry that into the playoffs and in the next season. He's he's kind of a wild card with that wrist shot. I mean, he could score – I like to call him easy, easy goals. You know, he, he's going to be one of those guys like Phil Castle, gets you the easy goal, just comes down the wing and absolutely rips a snapshot. And all of a sudden, you know, you didn't have to chip down low and cycle for five minutes and wear down the defense to get a goal. You kind of just get one, you know, by the, by the luck of their snapshot. So, um, yeah, I think and, be- uh, you're right. The contract he signed with the uh, Calgary back in 2018 um, over the summer was for five years at uh, about 28 mil. So um, he still could, if, if Edmonton wants to, they can certainly hang on to him for a bit longer. Yeah, absolutely. Man, it's nice having stats be verified. Holy shit. <laughs> well, I was like, that, that's a good feeling. I knew I wasn't crazy. I, I knew I wasn't. Um, Nick, do you have any surprises or disappointments that you want to add? Or, um, yeah, I, my disappointment was the same as yours. I think for surprise, I I'm gonna have to go with the Rangers, and I think I'm just saying this based on the back half of the year they had. I think we, you know, yeah. at the beginning we had both said they're not quite there yet to be a playoff team, but I mean, call me crazy. I think if we had finished the full regular season, that they would have squeaked their way in. Yeah, so when I went back and actually listened to the older episodes, you and I said they're going to be that team that's like 10th, 9th, maybe 8th place right there on the bubble, might get in, might not, but they're going to be the team who can basically play with anybody. They could go play Tampa Bay in Tampa Bay and fucking win, which I think they did like twice this year or something. Isn't that still the same team? Well, (laughs) yeah, essentially. (laughs) Um, They were actually the most profitable Moneyline team this season. Yep. So, yeah. yeah, they. I would say they surprised us because the way they started, you didn't think they were going to finish the way they did. So kudos to them. They got a lot of young guys over on that squad. And uh, before be- I get 
verbally assaulted by Rangers fans. It's not that your big guns surprise me because I know what they can do. It's the supporting cast. Yeah, good way to put it. Yeah, we all knew. I'm sorry. What did you guys think of the uh, the goaltending situation in in uh, you know the Big Apple this year? Because I think that that was definitely one of the biggest surprises of, of the Rangers for me this year. For sure. I mean, you know, with Hank sort of on the tail end of his career, and then two very young, you know, guys on the way up. I mean, they've they've got their hands full and they've got some serious decisions to make. But I think it was sort of a unique situation that. Uh, you know, was able to showcase each one of their talents a little bit. Uh, so I, I think that was one of the reasons why they were so good this year. I And I talked to a, a Rangers fan over the weekend, you know, just about how he would handle the goaltending going forward. And I think it's pretty much a universal agreement amongst Rangers Nation that Igor is probably the guy they want to go to come playoff time. So. Um, and he's training with Ovi, so that obviously can't hurt. He's seeing the hardest. He's seen the hardest shot. He's going to see all playoff down there, so I think he'll be ready. Yeah. <clears throat> all righty. Well, I think that pretty much concludes all of uh, our season wrap ups. Hopefully, you guys enjoyed. Um, it took a shit ton of work to get that done during the beginning of the year when we jump started this thing. So, um, if you followed our picks, you actually got two of the four divisions right. So, congratulations. Um, so before we conclude this episode, obviously just want to plug the merch one last time, especially with the 4th of July coming around. Um, you can find our merchandise on our Instagram page in our bio at teespring.com. Got all sorts of merch on there. Um, the big hot one that I am going to get my hands on prior to the holiday is the Miracle on Ice one. Don't miss out. Um, you know, we got hoodies, tank tops, long sleeves, short sleeves, Hats, you name it, Nick. I think I still got to pick up my hat from you from like three months ago. Um, (laughs) So go take that. Go take a look at that. And, uh, you know, everything helps support us and keep the podcast rolling. And, Nick, is there anything else you want to add? I'm pretty sure that's all I got. Well said. Matt, how was the first episode? All good. Good stuff, as always. Welcome aboard. Alrighty, guys. Well, we will talk to you in the next one, the next episode, where you know we're gonna keep the every other week theme going. So if we keep on schedule, next episode will be right before the holiday, be a week before training camp, and hopefully we'll have a little better idea of what the realistically is gonna happen going forward into the rest of the summer. With that being said, and without further ado, class dismissed.